The trade line came and the Jacksonville Jaguars made a move. They did absolutely nothing. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. Jacksonville stood pat on trade line uh, day uh, here in the NFL on the deadline for the trades to be made, and Jacksonville did not make a move. Uh, I think it was uh, studious of them to do that. I I'm glad that they did not give up compensation on players that are rentals. Uh, the lot, a lot of the rumors centered around Robbie Anderson from the New York Jets, who had a pretty good game against Jacksonville just this past Sunday because people were thinking they needed that deep threat and another speed receiver. I think differently. I think Jaguars, the Jaguars have maybe the second or third fastest receiving core in the NFL. I believe those deep nine routes and those post routes are not run. And I don't mean to think that Gardner can't make the throws, but that's not his strength. So I don't think, uh, Filippo's calling him for that reason, but he'll have an opportunity to prove Sunday in Wembley that he can hit those deep passes when they play that vaunted defense of the Houston Texans. And I'm being facetious because that secondary has really struggled all year uh, and they'll be without J.J. Watt this weekend. So that's even more of a reason to believe that Minshew will have the opportunity to make some serious plays against that defense. I think the challenge for me is going to be watching how this team prepares and watching how he plays knowing that they haven't definitively answered whether or not he's going to start. Um, you know, some guys are, are, are wired so that, you know, when they know that they're going to play and they know that the team is theirs, they're a little more loose. He seems like the kind of cat to me, though, it is not really affected by any kind of pressure. And I think that's one of the things that I like about him. But we'll see. We'll see if he's competitive. We'll see how he answers those questions if and when they, they're, they're broached to him because we always like to say that we want our quarterbacks to always feel like they're the guy that needs to play. So I know he during training camp, Nick Foles has been there the entire time. Even during camp, he was helping him out. I think he's helped him out now with understanding the way things are or, the, or some of the preparation. I think Nick has been a big help to him. Uh, and Gardner being a young player and understanding uh, what other guys have accomplished, you know, he seems like a real humble guy. But there's a fine line. There's a fine line. I, I do think those coaches want him to say, hey, man, if, you know, if they give him the opportunity to answer the question, go, no, man, you know, I want to keep going with this thing. Let me play. You know, I, you know, that's what that position requires. It kind of requires you to be a guy who uh, believes that, you know, you're, you're the guy. I mean, you're the man especially when you've had uh, a chance to go out and prove it. Now, you know, the record is three and four. And, uh, you know, you have to wonder if the Jags think that they could have been a little bit better than that uh, in these last seven games. I, I can tell you this. If they were four and four and Nick Foles had never gotten hurt, we'd be looking at this whole Foles experiment with all of that money that he was paid saying, I don't know, this is not what you paid for. You didn't go out and pay for this type of mediocrity, you know, you, you, you give a guy that kind of money, you expect them to be better, especially with the weapons that they have on offense, with Leonard Fournette playing better, and with the defense finally hitting its stride after a couple of bad games early in the season. You know, that's the thing that I want people to start asking yourself when you're really, really evaluating uh, what this team does in a week or two. And, and I'm continuing to beat on this because I think it's unfair that it all comes down to just this game. Unless you look at this team, even though you played them already, as such an elite team and a team that's challenging for a playoff spot, 
and then you look and you see that uh, the uh, DeAndre Hopkins, it, you know, and and Deshaun Watson are two guys that as the season progresses, they're going to start making even more plays. And you somehow think you need to match that type of production, that you need to match that type of talent and match that type of playmaking ability to win games. I, I hope this doesn't come down to a, a one-game scenario where Gardner's looked at as, okay, this is it. You know, he's kind of been doing this for seven, seven and a half weeks now. I wouldn't want it to come down to a one-game audition. That's why I'm saying I think the the solution to all of this is something bigger and something broader. It may be uh, that we're looking at Gardner. We're still viewing him as a six-round draft pick who's played very well in in six of these games or or seven of the games that he's played it, six that he started, he's played well. He's won offensive rookie of the week just about every time he's played. So sometimes we're looking at him and we're grading him based on that. And we're grading Foles. We would have been grading Foles totally different. If Foles would have lost three of the last four games, this town would have been upside down. So at the end of the day, you have to find a way to make this all an even playing field for both players. And we'll see if that can happen uh after this uh, game this Sunday, it's going to be absolutely imperative uh, that the the coaches make a right decision. And I don't feel, uh, I really, really, really don't feel sorry for them. Or I do feel sorry for them because they have to make this decision. All right, y'all, it's Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's crossover Wednesday here on Locked on Jaguars. Uh, We're going to be talking to my man, Cody Davis, from behind enemy lines in Houston. But before we do that, I'd have to remind you about our friends and, our, and the folks over at Roman. They're a men's health company, and they're changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of Roman Swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. So please check that out. All right, Cody Davis will be up with us from Locked On Texans in just a second. I got to first tell you about my bookie. That's right. My bookie to me is the best betting site in the world. I play my bookie all the time, and that's because I like winning my Skrilla and winning my money, and you can do the same thing. It is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend. They also have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie what you need to do is visit mybookie.ag and then you enter the promo code locked on to activate this special offer up to a thousand dollars they will match your initial deposit that's right up to a thousand dollars your initial deposit will be matched so you can get the plan and get to winning and getting paid the way T-Wig does when he plays at my bookie visit mybookie.ag today and get to winning as promised, it's another Wednesday, a crossover edition uh, with two guys we're familiar with, Cody Davis and John Hickman from Locked On Texans. What's up, fellas? What's going on, man? How you doing today? Man, I'm doing all right. You know, you know, we started the show and, you know, they decided somebody decided they want to commit a crime outside my window. We had to, do, <laughs> we had to start it over, damn sirens. And, and then the dude upstairs decided he's going to clean his carpet or something. So, you know. <laughs> It's whatever it's just like try to try to mess up our little podcast on a wednesday you know what i'm saying bro yeah, you know you know people don't care nobody really cares 
No, they don't care, man. I tell you what people do care about, though. People care about this game that's in Wembley. I wish it was here in Jacksonville this weekend between the Texans and the uh, the Jaguars because uh, there's a lot of stuff we can get into about this. But uh, first of all, let me start off with y'all. I think he's an MVP candidate. He's one of the top three MVP candidates in the league. That boy, Deshaun Watson, is something else, man. Oh, most definitely. Let me tell you something. I want to make sure every chance I get – I thank Rick Smith for pulling the trigger on that trade to go get him. And I thank the Chicago Bears for passing up on him all the time because we could literally be them right now, if not worse, because we don't have that Chicago defense. Thank you, Chicago. You guys, we love you. We really do love you. But Deshaun is a magician. The things he does – is ridiculous. Throwing a touchdown with no eye. Well, one eye is just crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I mean, I, I watch him every single week. My only concern for him, and I guess it shouldn't be too much of a concern because uh, I run locked on Jaguars, not locked on Texas, but I'm still a sports fan. My only concern for him, man, he just takes a, he takes a beating. And, and, and they, I don't, I guess Tunsil's playing well. I don't know, but uh, he better be come this weekend because Saxonville is ready, man. These dudes down here are back to where they used to be in terms of uh, getting sacks and creating pressure. Yeah, man, and that's the concerning part about it. Um, we had Titus Howard and Laramie Tunsil. Um, as you know, Titus Howard, he is injured. He will not be playing. And, and Laramie Tunsil, he got a little banged up in our last game. But, um, yeah, offensive line, I mean, it, it, it has improved. But right now we have just taken a big hit with injuries. And – that's my only concern heading into this game on Sunday. Will this offensive line be strong enough to keep Saxonville away from Deshaun Watson? Um, because prior to last week's game, he, he really didn't get sacked. I think he got sacked maybe one time. Am I right, John? Um, something along those lines. Yeah, something along, along those lines. I know that those two weeks span where we um, blew the hell out of – Atlanta, and then we turned around and beat Kansas City. Um, he he didn't have no sacks, and that was credit to the offensive line. But now, two of our best players on that on that line is hurt. I'm kind of nervous for Deshaun Watson, you know, playing against y'all Jaguars. You you know what? You, you probably need to be because teams with bad offensive lines, man, they they really you know they don't have a chance. Teams with good offensive line uh, line struggle against Jacksonville. They they got three prime pass rushers in. Calais Campbell, the, the Grizzly veteran, the Yanni Kangakwe, who's playing for a contract, but he always plays like his hair's on fire. He's been doing that since he got here. And uh, he's a, he's actually real, real close to setting an all-time sack record here for Jacksonville because he, he, he's he been on a tear the last few weeks. And then this rookie we got, man, Josh Allen, everybody keeps talking about uh, the young Bosa out in San Francisco, and they should because the kid is playing lights out. But if you look, if you look at their stats in less snaps, the stats are almost just just about even. Josh Allen has seven sacks on a year, and he's only playing sixty percent of the snaps. He's a terror, man. So uh, you know, Deshaun, you know, better get ready to do some running. I think y'all have to rep- uh, y'all have to really really load it up with Carlos Hyde, and uh, he had some success when they played in Houston. Him and Duke Johnson running up the middle on early down. So that's going to have to be the game plan. Jaguars are really going to have to shut that run down. Most definitely, because when I think about the Houston Texans, I think about every performance that was uh, amazing this year. It all started with the run. Uh, you look at what happened with the Chiefs, high first game over 100. 
the game against the Chargers, the game against Atlanta, the game like it, it, all the great games that they've had this year, it all kicked off with the run. And the run is one of our strong points. But right now, who's been stronger than Leonard Fournette in the Jacksonville Jaguars? Nobody. Running the ball. Nobody. Nobody. And I think there's a couple of elements that the run game has opened up for this offense. Minshew is 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. You think that would happen without a run game that people are really scared of? And Leonard Fournette is the guy that everybody has been scared of at the first three games of the, of the season. The Chiefs, the Texans, the Titans, 81 rushing yards. You got to squeeze in 100, then you had another 88. The next five games, 820 rushing yards. You're averaging 164 per game. That's the bread and butter for the Jaguars right now. And with that run game, it's hard to stop them. Yeah, it is the bread and butter. But first of all, you you almost set me up there because I'm going to tell you what. When you said Minshew wouldn't be doing this without the running game, I want to agree with you. But if I say anything negative about Gardner Minshew on this podcast, I'm going to get bombarded tomorrow on my on my feed on Twitter. Saying, <laughs> but you can't say nothing about this cat, man, because there's talk. Right oh, I'm now. a part of the Minshew house. I'm oh, a yeah, part of I'm, I'm in this fan club. I'm telling you, man, I am too. I am too. But, you know, there's already talk around about around here that if they're going to bring back Nick Foles and, and, and when Nick Foles is healthy and he's eligible to come back in a couple of weeks. Uh, some people think this game is a dress rehearsal for that. I think that's kind of unfair. If you're going to make that decision, you should make that decision uh, without, you know, worrying about just this one game because the kid has done enough. However, in the games he started, there's still only three and four. So if you pay Nick Foles $88 million and he wasn't hurt and they'd be three and four in their last seven, people would be saying he's not worth the money. So, you know, you know how it is, man. It's about wins and that's the bottom line. Uh, the run game would be fine. I heard it's going to rain, so that's going to be a key when we get to Houston. And one of the things I want to discuss is this. There are a few players that are no longer in this game uh, this weekend that were in the game before. We'll talk about the rain, and we'll talk about those couple of players that's no longer in this game that we expected to see return on Locked on Jaguars, Locked on Texas. Welcome back, Locked On Texans and Locked On Jaguar fans. The Locked Over Crossover Wednesday show. What we do every Wednesday here at the Locked On Podcast Network. On the other side of the line, you know, two different studios, but we're still getting it done. Anthony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. Weather is going to rain, missing players. What all can we expect from this game Sunday? Uh, A different look for me because normally when the Texans and the Jags play, the thing that we're concerned about is the one-on-one matchup with Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins. Well, Jalen Ramsey is no longer here. So we're going to have to see if the coverage that the Jaguars use can do as good a job on DeAndre Hopkins as Jalen Ramsey used to. Uh, The other thing is the other absent person is J.J. Watt. And JJ, and I think that's huge. I think it's huge considering a couple of things. One, better for us ability to run the ball. And two, uh, Gardner Minshew's escape and create plays and, and do things with his legs. I think it's going to be a, a tremendous test for, for both of those teams to get used to playing out those two players. Most definitely. And I think it may hurt us more. You guys have been accustomed to playing with our Jalen Ramsey for how long now? Uh, About a month. About a month. Yeah, and in the last three games, 
you guys have held a Saints team to 13 points the week after they dropped 31, and then 15-17, the last two contests. Your defense is used to playing without Jalen Ramsey, and not only playing, but performing pretty well. They have. We're not used to doing that with J.J. Watt, at least not right now, and it's going to be tough to adjust the very next game to go up against our division. I wouldn't say rival, but division foes, Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, you know, that, that's a great and valid point that you make. Jalen just used to get up for D-Hop, and D-Hop got up for Jalen. And, <laughs> and that would cause Deshaun Watson to say, hey, you know what, I'll try it a few times, but for the most part, I'm going to throw it over here to Fuller, and I'm going to throw it over here to this guy, and I'm going to throw it to Duke Johnson. I don't think Deshaun's going to hesitate now to try to get the ball all the time to D-Hop. Now, Michael mm. Thomas had some success. So it, it's not, for me, a, a matter of how the team can play um, – Last year against the last week against Robbie Anderson, the kid did a good job, and Anderson got loose a little bit. Early. For me, it's going to be like how how can they play an elite defender now and not allow him to dominate the game because he used to having that alpha one on one. Yeah, but I mean, let's that and that's everything you said is valid, but the fact that how hot your run game is right now, JJ Watt is a part of that run game here that we have on defense. The play that he got hurt on, he made a five-yard tackle for loss. So I'm, I, I just believe going into this game, immediately having to deal with the fact that we won't have J.J. Watt. We didn't do anything before the trade deadline to bring in another person or two to help fill that void. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because now, guys, we don't need to double-team J.J. Watt and give you all these one-on-ones. We can combo on you guys now. We, we, we don't fear you as much as we would have feared J.J. Watt because he's no longer here. We can go ahead and run it up on you if we want to. Yep, and you know what? It sounds like y'all ready to pick the Jaguars to win the game, and if you want to do that, I ain't going to stop you. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Uh, uh, you know what? <laughs> no, we're not going to pick the Jaguars to win the game. God, Cody's speaking for himself uh, right now. I, I mean, it's, it's tricky because it's like when you look on paper, when you just take a look at just the names on paper, with no injuries, you can you can basically say that this should be a winnable game for the Houston Texans. But if you take a look at all the injuries, and we didn't even talk about the injuries that we got have going on with our secondary. Like we literally have no players on our secondary right now. I'm to the point Bill O'Brien might have to suit me and John up to, 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 to try to play because we don't have nobody. So it's it's just a tricky situation because just so many injuries and of course the biggest one of all was losing JJ Watt. I mean it's it's just sad, man. Yeah, it is. You know, you hate to come into a game like this unhealthy. Uh but uh that's why I think the weather's going to play a big part in this. And I also think Will Fuller's absence is going to play a big part in this too because now if if they if they were going to just say okay, we're going to try to run some bracket coverage then that would leave somebody else open on the other side. And I think it's probably going to be either Kuti uh, or uh, obviously Kenny Stills. Now, somebody else is going to have to do something to offset the fact that they might be able to roll coverage because Will Fuller isn't there. Okay, man, here's what I'm going to say. Because of the rain and because of the ability to run the football, I'm going to say Jacksonville wins the game 20 to 17. Mm. 20 to 17, that seemed like a good – Good score. John, what you got? Let me say this. 
Because I know you you said you get the flack or anytime you say anything about my boy Gardner. Oh, gosh. But the Minshew Hive is alive and, and real. I like him because he finds a different target each week. Is it Conley one week? Is it DD one week? Is it DJ one week? We don't know. He's just going to get them the ball whenever they're feeling it. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars, along with their run game with this game, oh, 24-14. Look at you. Anthony, I gotta, but me and John have this debate all the time. He's a Minshew fan. I'm a Nick Foles fan. I want to hear from you. Who are you picking? Minshew or Nick Foles? This is what I've been holding on to all week. Here's what I would do, and I think it lines up with the thinking of the franchise. Just like I said, if Foles was three and four over the last seven games, the reason why we talk about that and we give it like a pass, well, one, he, he Minshew wasn't responsible for all of those losses, by the way, okay? By not beating the team with a winning record, that's not his fault. The thing is, mm-hmm. in those games, other things went wrong. Like the defense went wrong. The defense didn't play well. Uh, he did commit some turnovers that caused uh, uh, them not to win, but. Here's what I think. I think if you put Foles in the same situation, he's been being criticized as opposed to being celebrated. I think too many people are looking at the fact that Mitchell is a six-round pick and he's overachieved. And what I would do, I got some bad feedback here, but still what I would do is I would put you to say that since John D. Filippo has seen Nick Foles in the biggest game of all games when he's a quarterback coach in Philly, that that absolutely trumps anything that Gardner Minshew's done over the last seven weeks. He saw him carve up New England and Bill Belichick when he didn't even have the lead in the last three minutes of the Super Bowl, convert a fourth down, and then throw a touchdown. I just think that, as John D. Filippo, he hasn't forgotten that because there are still people in Philly right now that wish Foles was still the quarterback. So I just think at the end of the day, they believe Minshew is the quarterback of the future. I believe at the end of the day, they think that he might be able to beat New England and Kansas City, Green Bay, or New Orleans. I think they believe Nick Foles can beat those teams without a doubt because they've seen him do it before. So I think if they get close, they're going to go for a championship. That's, that's what I think. You think it'll mess up the locker room chemistry right now? Mitchell is a young quarterback. He's playing with young receivers, a young running back. Fernand's still fairly young. This is his third year in the league. Everything's young about this team in a sense right now. You think that'll mess up the, the locker room? Like, hey, we, we're, we're rocking out with this young cat. We want to keep rolling with him. No, I don't. And the reason why is because I was here for preseason. And I saw them, and I was in most of the press conferences, and I saw a lot of the practices. And the, 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 you know, when they came to the podium, all you heard was everybody on their team bragging about Nick Foles because they mm-hmm. hadn't seen those balls. They hadn't seen those balls hit them in stride. In fact, a couple of guys, a couple of times, guys slowed down waiting, and the receivers coach Keenan said, "Keep running." They, they, even on the play when Foles got hurt, he threw a rainbow fifty-yard pass to DJ Chark at the back pile line before he got driven into the ground and got hurt. You just hadn't seen that stuff. So I think those guys remember what it was like in the preseason to finally get open, to finally have the ball there on time. Even the back talked about it, making them better. So, no, I, I really don't think it'll possible. I'm not going to let it know. You know, they're 
like nothing is broken up right now. So I, I think it's sort of uh, I think we'll come out of that. I think We'll be waiting for you. We'll be, we will be waiting for you. All right, fellas. Appreciate y'all joining me. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks, Anthony. All right. John Hickman and Cody Davis from Locked On Texans here with Tony Wiggins on Locked On Jaguars. It's Wednesday. We're going to see what happens in the game on Thursday and Friday, we'll talk about it a little bit more. However, game is Sunday at 930, and we'll be watching.